Welcome to the Portland Christian Center Podcast. This week, we will hear from Pastor Bill on Together in Boldness. Now here is Pastor Bill. Well, good morning, church. Good to see all of you. It's not only National Pirate Day, but it's National Appreciation of Your Wife Day. All right. So those of you who have wives, they're expecting appreciation. Those of you who are praying for a wife, get ready, get ready, get ready. That's all I can tell you. All right. Listen, what I need you to do is pray for two things. Number one, next Sunday as we gather, and thank you, uh, Sarah, for presenting that so well to us about Mission Sunday. I need you to begin to pray today that the Lord will put in your heart what you would like to participate in, in supporting world missions here at Portland Christian Center. That's part of the legacy of this church. And the reason that you're sitting in the seat you're sitting in today is there was a church uh, nearly 100 years ago that was pioneered here in Portland, the uh, Portland Gospel Tabernacle. And it uh, was a church that had a mission, and that was to reach the world with Jesus Christ's message, the gospel. And so, From that day till this, we have always given opportunity every year annually to participate in making a commitment with the Lord in a faith promise to help support missionaries. We'll give you more report next week, but I want you to begin to pray about that. Some of you have never done this before in your life, but I want to encourage you to consider that. And some you say, especially uh, perhaps those who are watching online, well, we're a little distant from all of this. I want you to consider praying and saying, Lord, what would you have us do? And what Joy and I have experienced in life is every year the Lord has put in our hearts the desire and increased our giving. And as a result of that, God has blessed us in many, many ways. Do you know we had a church in Oregon, and I can say this today, that was deep in debt. We had a church that had really no connection with any of our missionary family out of uh, the Assemblies of God, which we're a part of. And they didn't give one dime to missions. A new pastor arrived, cast the vision for missions. You know, within two years, they paid off the debt of their building, and they support today every missionary that comes out of Oregon for our Assemblies of God. And it was a church that was in bad spiritual health. Today, you walk into that church It's vibrant, they just remodeled their building, they're out of debt, they're blessing people around the world, and it's just a remarkable story, and that can be repeated. This can happen in your own personal life as well. I just challenge you, consider it, if you've never done this before. And for those of us who've participated, get ready, let's see what God wants us to do in the, the, the year ahead of us in world missions. So that's prayer number one. Prayer number two, We continue to pray for our leaders as they are in this process. As I mentioned last week, this has unified the board. It has helped bring focus and clarity. And we're just praying as we move forward that God will lead us to that right person for such a time as this. Father, we thank you for the gathering we have this morning. We pray as we look into your word that you'll speak to us. We need your help. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. amen. Hey, we're coming to the close of a uh, great series of messages. In fact, I would say this is one of the most important series of messages that I've prepared 
uh, in my life. Not only because I know that this is a important season of transition in the life of Portland Christian Center, but I just think the time we live in has been very unique. This is not a normal, as we would say, life that many of us have known over the years. It's a challenging time. And I felt like the Lord said to us months ago that we should talk about being together. So that's what we're doing. We've had approximately 14 messages out of Ephesians. We have today, and we'll have another one in a couple of weeks as we come to the conclusion of this great book of the Bible. I've learned more about Ephesians than I uh, ever knew before, and I trust that's the case for you. And the application piece. I trust this morning, and I believe in my heart, that I'm gonna share something with you that could change the way you live your life the rest of your days, and could change even the way we function as a church together, if we will follow and listen to what God says from his word. So I'll tell you some stories, yes, you would expect that from me, I suppose. But I wanna draw, I wanna draw, some of them be funny, some will be serious, but I wanna draw your attention to some great scripture from the sixth chapter. I did read of a, uh, an elderly lady. I used to be kind of sensitive, I'm not sensitive about the word elderly, now I am a little more sensitive about the word elderly, especially when people define it, and uh, that seems to include my age group. But uh, of Ruby, who made it a practice to be very bold and courageous in her faith. She was very confident, and every morning she would walk out to the front of her, her uh, house on the porch, she had a porch in her her craftsman-like home, and she would just shout out, well, praise the Lord. Well, her neighbor was an atheist, and he had no time for her at all, and he would shout back, there ain't no Lord, there ain't no Lord. Well, Ruby did this every day. He shouted back, there ain't no Lord, and she ran into some real tough times. Things were really difficult. One morning, she came out onto the porch, and she said, well, praise the Lord, but please, Lord, I need groceries, I need groceries. The next morning, she walked out on the porch and there was a bag of groceries sitting next to her door. She shouted out, well, praise the Lord. Lord, you've not let me down once again. And her neighbor jumped out from behind some bushes and said, there ain't no Lord. I brought those groceries and put them there myself. To which she shouted, well, praise the Lord. Lord, you gave me some groceries and you even used the devil to pay for them. <laughs> Have you ever found yourself feeling a little timid? A little reserved? God speaks to your heart. He encourages you to say or do something and you find yourself with some reservation. I just don't want to push myself out there I'm not sure that I should take that step. Lord, you know, this is not the best time to write that check. It's, I don't know if I should speak to my coworker. There's some reservation in your spirit. And then when you don't respond, when you feel like the Spirit of God has prompted you to do or say something and you don't respond, have you felt like I have, feeling like I missed an opportunity? Oh, I should have said something. Why didn't I speak up? Why didn't I pause and actually pray with that person? Why didn't I write that check? Why didn't I invite that person out to lunch and, and share the gospel with them? Why didn't I talk to the person about the Lord? Why didn't I step up 
when others were stepping back and say the right thing that should have changed the circumstances that we were dealing with. We have all dealt with being timid and reserved and some of us who by nature are maybe a little more outgoing and you would kind of expect that from a pastor, but sometimes we find ourselves in circumstances and we're a little timid. And I wanna talk to you a little bit about the opposite of that today. I wanna talk to you about being bold. I wanna talk to you about being willing. I wanna talk to you about something that I think is desperately needed in the church today. Look at Ephesians chapter six, if you will, as we talk about together in boldness. And I'm gonna give you some thoughts about boldness this morning that I hope will help all of us as we face another week. Ephesians six, and beginning with verse 18. So you'll recall if you were with us last week or you're reading Ephesians chapter six, that we have come through that marvelous and encouraging passage on spiritual battles or warfare. We sang this morning, the battle belongs to the Lord. And you recall that there were elements of armament that represented aspects or qualities that we could have in our lives that would help us stand strong in the Lord in the midst of the schemes of the devil. We agreed that the devil is out to destroy, but the Lord gives us protection and gives us an offensive weapon, his word. And now we come to a, a verse and probably should be connected with what I shared with you last week, but I'll share it with you this morning. Verse 18, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. That perhaps is the forgotten piece of the armor that we have, to pray in the Spirit. There is something about praying in the Spirit that equips you for what we're talking about today, and that is boldness, boldness. Verse 19, Paul saying, and pray for me too. <laughs> Ask God to give me the right words so I can boldly, everybody say boldly, explain God's mysterious plan that the, God, the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. I am in chains now, he says, still preaching this message as God's ambassador. Isn't it amazing that even in the most difficult of moments, you preach the gospel? We've walked into hospital rooms where somebody has gone through major surgery, and they are sharing the gospel with the nurses and doctors and physicians. <laughs> the most difficult of circumstance, and yet they're preaching the gospel, and Paul says, Pray that I'll boldly proclaim the mysteries of Christ even while I'm in chains. And Paul ends this section with these lines. Verse 20. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. Pray that I will continue to speak boldly for him as I should. God's going to bring you, listen now, God's going to bring you to a place in your life where you're going to have to take a bold step. You're going to have to, with God's help, step beyond your comfort zone and do speak, step out, do something. We're living in a moment 
We're living in a moment. It's not the only moment in history, but we're living in a moment in our history, in our moment of time, where believers in Christ are going to have to have a bold testimony. We've been silent too long, and our silence has produced things that we're not happy with. It's time to be bold. We're living in a moment in history when the church of Jesus Christ is being pressed on every side. Portland Christian Center, mention the name Portland to my friends around the country, and there's a little bit of reservation. And yet I can say without reservation, and I can say it with confidence, that in the midst of this dark season in the life of the communities that we live in, and in the state that we live in that is known for a lot of negativity, there is a church that is going to be bold. And it's going to be bold in ministry. And God's going to take us beyond where we have been. And it will require boldness. God will lead us into ministries that we have never done before. And we may say goodbye to some things that we thought were traditions that were very important, but the tradition no longer fits the need. So God brings us to a place of boldness. Please remember that when Paul wrote this, he was in house arrest. He is sending this letter from Rome in house arrest to the church he loved the most, I suppose. My mom used to tell me she loved me the most. I found out she said that to everybody. So, uh, and Paul did love the church of Ephesians the most, I suppose, but he loved a lot of other churches that he had helped plant and start. He'd lived there for three years, the longest ever. And he sends this letter, and at the end of this letter, after all of this stuff, and we'll do a review in a few weeks about the overall view of this letter, he says, pray for me that I'll be bold. And they're saying, what? Pray that I'll be bold. Here's a man who was an independent thinker. But when he met Jesus Christ, listen to me, when he met Jesus Christ, his thinking changed and he became a dependent man a dependent thinker on the Lord. He was independent and he became dependent. That's what's happening to some of us. We have lived pretty independent lives. We've been self-sufficient. And now we're at a point in life where we have to rely upon the Lord like never before. Here's a man who was resistant. He resisted the message of Jesus Christ, just like some of you used to uh, do, and perhaps are still wrestling with that, those who are with us online today. But that resistance changed when he met Christ and became a responsive man. All of a sudden, he found himself responding to a message that he resisted. Here's a man who was brash. Brash. And he had a manner about him that put people off. And now he becomes a bold man that is attractive and appealing. This is what Jesus Christ will do in your life. And praise God. Listen to me. Praise God, he doesn't leave you in the condition he finds you. Aren't you glad for that? If you're not, I sure am. I'm glad that you're not the person you used to be. And some of you, God is still, listen, some of you, God is still working in. He, He doesn't want to leave you in the condition you may be in right now. Some of you who are with us online, I want to just say that the Lord is at work in your life, even in this moment. And he is wanting to change you as he did with that young man by the name of Saul who became Paul. Now I want to say that boldness, this is very important. 
Boldness is not arrogance. For every great quality that God works in a person's life, the enemy has a counterfeit. And sometimes we assume that boldness is arrogance. Arrogance and boldness are two different things. Boldness is a result of God's work in your life. Arrogance is a result of the enemy's work in your life. That is what you will see. Arrogance is a depraved form of boldness. And when God works in your life, boldness is much different than arrogance. Boldness is confidence, living in confidence. Arrogance is living in contempt. Boldness operates in truth. Now follow me here. Arrogance operates in exaggeration. You see this more frequently today. It's before us 24-7. As we see in places, high places, people who are not being bold, they're being arrogant. And their arrogance is not based on truth. It's based on exaggeration. It's a part of truth, but not complete truth. Boldness functions in conviction, but arrogance functions in compromise. And that is the difference between the two. Boldness comes from Christ-centeredness, a commitment to him, a, a confidence, and a courage in him. You see, I'm setting the stage for you to understand and for me to understand today that boldness is not brashness, Boldness is Christ-centered. It will take us places we never dreamed we would go and we'll do things that we didn't expect to do because of the bold work that God has created in us. And he's taken our arrogance and he's sanctified it and put in us a, a willingness to be bold. And Paul appeals here. This is what he, this man of God who wrote much of the New Testament He's saying, pray for me that I'll keep speaking boldly. You say, what? And if Paul needs this, I need it. Help me to speak when I need to speak and help me to shut up when I need to shut up. I'm not done preaching yet, so it's not saying to shut up yet. But So some of you would know Joy's dad, who's gone to be with the Lord over 20 years ago, but he shared with me a story that I'll never forget. When Joy's dad was a young minister in Great Britain, he also worked for the British Ford Motor Company. He worked in management. So he was bivocational, if you think of it, but he was uh, taking care of his family financially as he was ministering and traveled around, pastored several churches. Sometimes in Great Britain, they, travel, they pastored two or three churches at one time. God was using them in a mighty way. And he one day had to go from his administrative office through one of the assembly plants to uh, another office to get some papers signed that were very important. And um, so he's walking through the machine uh, building where all the machines were producing product for these automobiles for the Ford Motor Company. When the Lord spoke to him, don't you just love it when God speaks to you? The Lord spoke to him and said, say praise the Lord. And if you knew Handel, both Moira and, and Joy are here this morning, they knew their dad. He, had a, he was a pretty stubborn guy. If he got something in his mind, he wasn't going to do it. He wasn't going to do it until the girls would talk him into it. But, uh, you know, he said, 
he resisted. He, I'm not going to say that. I'm, I'm an executive for the Ford Motor Company. I'm not walking through a machine shop with a bunch of union guys and shout out, praise the Lord. And the Lord spoke to him again. He said, say, praise the Lord. And Handel went through this just like you and I go through it. That, that reservation, that hesitation, that resistance. And a third time, the Lord spoke to him. How many of you love the Lord's grace to speak three times? I'm one of those. And on the third time, Handel shouted out, well, praise the Lord. And then he told me what happened next was amazing. And I honestly will never forget what he told me. And I'll tell you later. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. So what does righteous boldness look like? What does it do for you and me? You've been talking a little bit about boldness, Lord. Paul's praying for it. You told the story of somebody speaking when they didn't want to boldly. What does it look like? And I'm going to just give you three things quickly, all right? They gave me extra time today, but I'll try to keep moving quickly. Righteous boldness will help you step out. This is what it looks like. Write down in your, uh, in your notes, Proverbs 28.1. The righteous are as bold as a lion. Now, I'm not going to get into the idea of what a lion is, but just notice that for a moment. The righteous are as bold as a lion. Righteous boldness will help you step out. In both Matthew, in Matthew and in uh, Mark and in John, there's a, a story. You don't find it in Luke, but... It's a story that follows a famous miracle that Jesus performed. And that is the miracle often referred to as the feeding of the 5,000. But most of you Bible scholars here know this morning, when you count it up, it was far more than 5,000. After this remarkable event, when Jesus was at the height of his popularity, he sends all the disciples in a boat across the Sea of Galilee to the other side. They're in that night cruise for six hours. During the evening of night, they hit a storm, which is not unusual, and uh, it, it scared them. To, to make matters more dramatic, they, in their fear, look out on the water and they see somebody walking on the water. So that's another dramatic thing. This is a pirate story. So there's a, there's a guy walking on the water and then they recognize, they think it's a ghost at first, then they realize it's Jesus and they shout out to him. And then Peter, of all of the disciples, the most outgoing personality and uh, brave in some ways, he said, Lord, if it's you, let me come to you. And Jesus, the Bible says, bids him to come. Are you familiar with this story? It's remarkable. So if you want to find it, Mark 14, or Mark 6, I should, John 6, Matthew 14, you'll find the, the story there. And so Peter gets out of the boat boldly and he steps out on the water. And other than Jesus, he's the only one in history to walk on the water. Unless you go to Disneyland and you can walk across the water, but there's a little platform that's underneath and it looks like you're walking on water, right? And perhaps you've heard this phrase, if you want to walk on water, you've got to get out of the boat. Have you heard that phrase? John Ortberg wrote a book about 20 years ago about that, and it's a very famous book about walking out. And this is what boldness does for you. It gets you out of the boat or out of your situation, and you take a step 
that you wouldn't have taken before. This is what God does. When boldness comes on you, you're willing to take a step. You're seated in a seat this morning in a building where somebody, a group of people, took a step of faith and boldness and did something that seemed impossible at that time to build a building worth $1.2 million uh, in, in an economy that wasn't the greatest in the world. That was a bold step of faith. Your life has had moments like that as well where you have come to a crossroad and God by his spirit, righteous boldness comes over you and you take a bold step of faith. And this is what God's calling us to do today. Portland Christian Center, get ready because God is going to take you into a season that you've not been in before. And what you've been praying for and what we prayed for this morning, God will bring us to a place where we have to get out of the boat and take a step, a bold step of righteousness. Perhaps that's for some of you personally, taking a step to go back to school. Perhaps that's going for a new job. Maybe it's taking that step, you've dated that girl for six years, you might as well ask her to marry you. Yeah, you there may be a step of, of uh, letting go of something that you've hung on to, that's been part of your life that hasn't helped you. It may be a transition in your life. It's a bold step. And this is what boldness will do. It will help you step out, step out. Secondly, righteous boldness will also help you stay calm, stay calm. When faced with the unexpected, even though you feel like you're in the will of God, the unexpected comes and you put to the challenge. And some of you are there right now. You are put to the challenge. The culture shifts. The economy shifts. What you once did doesn't work any longer. There is a sense of boldness that comes over you that gives you a calm spirit in the midst of that challenge. Remember, boldness is not abrasiveness, nor is it brashness. It is calmness and confidence, even in the midst of the unexpected. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 25 through 26. See what it says there. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Hey, memorize that one. I've been waking up three or four times in the night. I'm gonna get back to this one. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Have no fear of sudden disaster or the ruin that overtakes the wicked. So there are things that are going on in our culture today that are overtaking the wicked. But as believers, we are calm. We are bold, righteously bold, and confident and calm in the midst of all that because why? God by his Holy Spirit is in charge of our lives. We can read the newspaper or as one uh, commentator says, the fish wrapper. We can, we can see the news. We can see what wickedness does. It destroys a culture. But we also can rise up in boldness and say in the midst of that, I will be calm. So when I was 11 years old, my parents took me to a, a, a youth uh, event, a rally, we used to call them, gathering. There were hundreds of high school uh, students there. I thought I was kind of special because I was 11 and I was with all these high school students. They all had come to hear a skinny uh, country preacher from Pennsylvania who had made the news, and his name was Dave Wilkerson. He had felt compelled by God in his time of prayer 
that uh, he should go to New York City and minister to young men who had been on trial for murder. They were part of a major gang in New York City. He had never been to New York City. He came from rural Pennsylvania. He was unequipped in many ways for what he was about to face. But God gave him a boldness to get out of the boat and a boldness to keep him calm in the midst of much that was going on. He even appealed to the judge, can I speak to these gang members? And the judge said no. If you want a great read, I know it's been around for many years, a great read is called The Cross and the Switchblade. Out of that came what we know today as Teen Challenge. And this church, many years ago, helped start Teen Challenge here in Portland. We put $5,000 into a piece of property on Southeast Portland so Teen Challenge could get started. Some of you went over and cleaned out that old drug house and it became a center of, of recovery for many young men in this city. And now that ministry has grown and has exploded and there are uh, programs all over the state and all over the Northwest out of the, the plant here in this region. And we're grateful for that. So I went to hear him speak. And as he spoke, he had brought with him two gang members, former gang members from New York City. And as 11-year-old, I was talking about the Pirates of the Caribbean. I was on the edge watching these guys from New York City who were gang members who had come to know Jesus. One of those young men was a guy by the name of Nicky Cruz. He wrote a book called Run, Baby, Run. And they both, Dave Wilkerson and Nikki, describe a moment on the streets of New York City when David was trying to minister to these young guys and they were um, everything but righteous, everything but righteous. And David was talking to Nikki Cruz and Nikki Cruz pulled out his switchblade and he pointed it to the face of that young skinny preacher from Pennsylvania. And he said, Davy, I could cut you up into a thousand pieces and kill you right now. And David Wilkerson said, with calmness, the boldness of calmness. Listen, you can't explain this. The Holy Spirit came on of David Wilkerson with a boldness not only to speak, but a boldness of calmness. And this is what he said. Nikki, you can cut me up into a thousand pieces but every piece will shout out to you, Jesus loves you, Nikki. Jesus loves you, Nikki. I remember it when I was 11 years old and that was just a few weeks ago. I just remember it. <laughs> I remember it. And Nikki Cruz would tell you later, in fact, a few years ago, he came and stood right here on this platform, right here, and shared his story with us. He would say that he went home and got in bed and he couldn't get out of his mind. Nikki, Jesus loves you. Nikki, Jesus loves you. Nikki, Jesus. All night he could not sleep because he heard the words of a calm, bold evangelist from Pennsylvania. Nikki, Jesus loves you. The calmness of righteous boldness is amazing. And God is going to help us not only step out, but to stay calm. Righteous boldness is also seen in this way. Righteous boldness will help you speak up, speak up. 
You'll be empowered to speak up. This is what the description of boldness is. To speak up rather than stay silent. And this is why believers, under the direction of the Holy Spirit, need to begin to realize that the church of Jesus Christ cannot be silent any longer. It's time for us to speak up in boldness. 32 years ago, a small group of high school students in uh, Burleson, Texas, were worried about their high school. Pastor Jason, and they didn't know what to do. Their school was going downhill quickly. There were drugs everywhere, promiscuity was going on, uh, disrespect. And so these students got together and they made a decision that they would meet at the flagpole of their school in the morning at 7 a.m. and pray. And so a small group of students got together and prayed. They went to a conference, a youth conference in their region, and their youth pastor and these students shared what they had done. And that began something that hasn't been the same ever since. Because on September the 12th, 1990, that's a few years ago, these students, after sharing at this conference in their region, challenged other students to do the same. And 45,000, not 100, 45,000 students in four different states took the challenge and gathered around their flagpoles that morning at 7 a.m. And they began what is now known as See You at the Pole. Because one year later, they shared at a conference for youth pastors in Colorado, and now there are going this Wednesday, the 22nd, I challenge every student here to go to your flagpole at seven in the morning and pray for your school. There will be almost three million students around the world who will be praying around their flagpoles. I remember I remember some parents in this church taking their kids and their kid was the only student standing at the flagpole at what used to be called Wilson High School. But they went and prayed for their students. The next year there were more. And now in this city, there will be kids all over this city gathering at flagpoles. In 50 states and 20 countries around the world, students have decided that righteous boldness is not sitting idly by, but it's standing up, staying calm, and speaking out, and seeking the face of God. And I encourage you to do that. You will be guided by the Holy Spirit to share your faith. And as the disciples asked for them to be praying, prayed for in Acts chapter 4, we should ask that we pray for our students. In fact, Father, I pray for this Wednesday. As students gather in their schools, in this community and around the state and around the world, that you will honor their prayers as they seek your face. Bring spiritual awakening in our schools. We know what our schools are like today, what's being taught, the things that disgust us, the things that encourage us, but we pray for a spiritual revival in young people today. And in Psalms 138 verse three, it says, in that, the day when I cry out, you answered me and made me bold with strength in my soul. Boldness. 
boldness. I've seen it happen. I was with a couple of remarkable men at a restaurant here in town, and we were having a great lunch, but I noticed that one of these remarkable men started engaging this server and uh, talking with them. Introduced himself and asked a few questions. And the server kept coming back to our table, probably more than normal. And he boldly shared Jesus Christ with this server. He read her mail. He could tell by the Spirit of God insights into her life that she had kept private. And without being obnoxious or brash or arrogant, he simply spoke up. And I'll never forget as I sat there as a pastor in this city, watching somebody who was a guest share their faith with someone at our table. How important I saw the value of speaking up at the right time. And before we left that day, my friend said to the server, would you mind if I led you in a prayer to accept Jesus Christ as your personal savior? And that server in that well-known restaurant amongst many customers, without distraction from her job, simply said, that would mean the world to me. And in tears, she prayed a prayer and asked Christ into her life. That's boldness. So you say, okay, Pastor Bill, I'm inspired by Dave Wilkerson, this mighty man of God at a restaurant, your father-in-law who said praise the Lord out loud, kids who are going to flagpoles, I, I want to be bold, but how can I grow and develop in boldness? Let me give you four thoughts to consider, and then I'll finish the story. Thought number one is build your life around the Word of God. Boldness comes into a person's life as we read and memorize the Word of God. This couple right here on the front row, pastors who've come from another part of the state and dedicated themselves to be a part of this church for years, spent time with children and helped them memorize the scripture. These were the, the, the champions. These were the heroes. They were the poster parents of, of leaders in Oregon. Rick and Sherry, Bern Heisel, business people who said, hey, we work for a living in the business world, but our lives are to invest in hiding the word of God in the lives of children. And those kids have never forgotten that. And that word of God, we as adults should do the same. That word of God builds boldness in your life. Not brashness, boldness. And I want to encourage you to allow God to infiltrate your life with memorizing scripture. Many of you here read the Bible every day. I want to encourage you to slow down and memorize it. Put it into your heart so that it builds you up and gives you strength. When Pastor uh, Jason used to play football, the coach had a special diet for him. Why? Because he knew if he had enough energy, he, could, he, he didn't need a, one of those energy drinks. He needed a proper meal that gave him the energy to fulfill. And when you read the Word of God, it gives you boldness to speak at the right time. The second thing I want to suggest to you is open your heart to the work of the Holy Spirit. 
Don't just say, I'm a spirit-filled believer. Be Pentecostal in experience. Allow the Holy Spirit to build you up in your most holy faith. And that will give you boldness to step out and speak up and stay calm in moments of life. If you're timid, and many of us are, it helps build boldness like it did in the early church. I want to also suggest to you that love by example. Jesus said that the evidence of a true believer is love. Your boldness will increase when driven by love and not self-interest or contentment. When compelled, what compels a person to witness and to have that witness received is love by example. Love by example. There's a friend of mine here this morning who walked into this building for the very first time and when they came in, they wondered how they would be received. And thank God you loved them. And that love changed their life. They had never been in a place like this. And now tag, we're it. We get to do that as well. And finally, determined to serve the Lord unreservedly. God has raised you up for this moment in history to serve him. During the last 18 months, most of our churches, including Portland Christian Center, have wrestled with people stepping back rather than stepping forward. People with reservation of participation. Volunteerism is down. And I wanna encourage you to consider that God will raise that volunteer base once again. Areas like children's ministries and youth ministries and student ministries, areas like support as hospitality and, and reaching out to those, visiting people who are in need, caring for those that are in need. That's an area where you can serve. And one of the best ways you can do that is through your community groups even now, where you find out what's really needed. Do you know that there are areas in our Portland Christian Center, this wonderful church, that are not being taken care of today because we have no volunteers? I want you to pray that God will give you a boldness and exchange that fear into a uh, spirit of t timidity, that's the right way to say it, and let God build boldness into your life. 2 Timothy 1.7, God doesn't want us to be shy with his gifts, but bold and living with sensibility. We have the opportunity to be bold. Boldness, Paul said, pray for me that I will be bold to carry on the message and speak boldly as I should, as I should. So as Handel, Joy's dad and Moira's dad, walk through that machine shop of the Ford Motor Company and argued with the Lord about saying something as simple as praise the Lord out loud, he finally did. That little Welshman shouted out, well, praise the Lord. And as soon as he said that, a machinist walked out from behind his machine and said, what did you say? He said, well, praise the Lord. He said back, well, praise the Lord to you, brother. He said, what are you doing tomorrow morning at such and such a time? Meet us there. We have prayer every morning with men from the machine shop. So Handel showed up, and sure enough, there were a handful of men who prayed every morning at the Ford Motor Company, and nobody knew it. And he was in management. And because he was in management, they assumed he would be in charge, which was very easy for him to do. And they said, would you lead us? 
And out of that came the Ford Motor Company Christian Fellowship. Men who worked there as well as women in the Ford Motor Company after World War II started gathering and they started having rallies together with hundreds of people. Then they heard, then they heard the famous Billy Graham from the United States was coming to London to preach a crusade. And so Handel and his team invited Billy Graham, would you come up to our part of the country and speak to our Ford Motor Company employees? And Billy Graham agreed. And this great evangelist, Billy Graham, as a result of a simple, well, praise the Lord, ended up in that part of Great Britain and held a great crusade. And there were hundreds and hundreds of men and women who gave their hearts to the Lord when they heard this evangelist named Billy Graham come to their part of the country. I just wondered to myself, I wonder what God wants me to start. I wonder what God wants you to start by simply being bold in your faith, being willing to step out, willing to stay calm, willing to speak up. I just, in my heart, believe that Paul, when he said, pray that I'll be bold and do what God's called me to do. I think he's saying the same thing to us. Father, thank you for this word from your word today. May we receive it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If you never surrendered your life to the Lord, maybe you're like Paul the Apostle and you're living in arrogance and doing your own thing and brash. Maybe people have even said your, your tone is always abrasive. You'd like the Spirit of God to come and change that into a bold as a lion spirit that will take you places you never dreamed you could go. Simply pray this prayer if you're watching online or here today. Lord Jesus, I give you my life. Forgive me of my sin and make me the person you want me to be. Let's stand together. Jesus Christ, the name of God. 
get ready get ready today because um, the Lord's going to give you an opportunity to be bold you're going to hear that voice say speak up step in step out let's see what God will do in and through your life if you prayed the prayer to accept Christ as your personal Savior or you wanted someone to pray with you before you left leave today you can uh, come down to the front if you're new in the faith and would like some material Pastor Sarah's got some books here that will be of great help and other information that can help you in your growth experience. Feel free to come down and receive that as well. And don't forget, be praying about your missions involvement next week. Let's see what God does through Portland Christian Center in the coming year. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and give you peace in your coming and going. When you walk through those doors, you don't go by yourself, but he goes with you. And if God is for us, who can be against us. God bless you. Have a great rest of the week. Thank you for listening to the Portland Christian Center podcast. If you'd like to hear more or learn more about us, visit our website at pcctoday.com or join us for our live streams at the 9 or 11 a.m. at live.pcctoday.com.